For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Iowa. How's that? That's good. Matt told me I needed a little bit more excitement in my hello, <laughs> Iowa. So, Well, we're I'm, excited. It's, it's a Hawkeye State. Six I, years running. Six years running. And I'm going to go ahead and say happy, happy, happy Monday to everybody out there. I say happy three times because currently in the Cyhawk series, we are three and oh. Volleyball this weekend swept Iowa State three to nothing. And Oop. we had soccer at the end of August. Beat Iowa State two to one. Nice. And then football, of course, over the weekend, 27 to 17. We got out of Ames, took the trophy back to its rightful place, showed them it for a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say, we brought it there so that they could look at it and then we brought it back home. It was just a nice gesture of us. It was. It was. <laughs> also, aside from the Cyhawk wins across multiple sports, nationally, your Iowa Hawkeyes number five in the AP poll behind Oregon, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Alabama. How are we feeling? I mean, it's a good it's a good start. It's a good start. Going from top 10 to top five is a pretty good thing. Now, the message out of the building is going to be the hay is never in the barn. That's okay if you always say. And so it's really all about, um, like if the season were to end today, we're on the outside looking into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I don't think it extends this year. I think they're extending it potentially later years. So, and rankings right now don't matter. It doesn't change the next 10 games. It changes after that in November and December. That Those are when rankings matter. Yeah. Straight out of the Iowa football complex. <laughs> Straight out. That's right. The typical media answer. That's but also okay. true. Also true. I get it. I get it. But as a fan, strictly, I can't wipe a smile off my face since like the third quarter on Saturday. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. All right, let's talk. I want to talk pregame, okay? College game day. That was exciting to be in Ames, okay? But you noticed some things that maybe were some like anti-Iowa State, anti-Ames things that were happening. The entire crowd was full of red and yellow. There were some Hawkeye fans in there, but for the most part, as you would expect, there was a lot of red and yellow. But tell me about those like little things that you noticed and some of the nuances that were like, huh. Well, let's start off with stuff that happened way before the game, which was the uniform choice. We already touched on that on Friday. I don't need to go into it, but they themselves made it be like, mm, like <laughs> we're not Iowa State, but we are, but we aren't. But we're not going to tell our fans what we're doing because they're going to wear our colors, but we're not going to wear ours. That was the weirdest thing for me. OK, this is the last thing we're going to say about the uniforms. The fact that the like the players were wearing black and white, but all of the fans of their fans were wearing red and yellow was very confusing. Okay, that was the last thing. <laughs> so anyway, they themselves didn't help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't help themselves. Then they uh, they bring on Ashton Kutcher, great guest picker from Iowa. 
meaning the University of Iowa, <laughs> meaning an alum who's going to cheer for the Hawks. And by the way, he rattled off some great stats. It was phenomenal. And then said, go Hawkeyes. And if you haven't looked at his video of him announcing that he was going to be the guest picker, you need to, because the <laughs> two thumbs thing, <laughs> he's taking a selfie video and trying to show his one thumb that's holding the camera in the... It's a great... It's just a great video. I also really liked it because you could hear... I think it was Mila Kunis's wife in the background. So he clearly just like did it on his... Like just recorded it on his couch. Just, just It was not a big deal. Sent it to ESPN. Here you go. Like not a whole lot of effort <laughs> went into it, but it was so funny. Okay, continue. So, there, so he's the guest picker, pro-Iowa. Lee Corso picks Hawkeyes to win. Again, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So he puts on the herky head. So not only does Iowa State not look like Iowa State, now they've brought in a pro-Iowa guest picker. Lee Corso puts on the Iowa mascot. And then on our first touchdown drive, they had the Aflac trivia uh, question of the game. And it was, uh, what are the two Power 5 schools that haven't had a first-round pick since the year 2000? Not 2000 and something, since the year 2000. And the announcer goes, well, considering we're in Iowa State, I'm going to guess one of them is Iowa State. Because obviously we've had multiple first-round picks in the last couple of years, right. <laughs> meaning Iowa. So, yeah, it's Iowa State and Kansas, two Big 12 teams. So it kind of seemed like everything lined up to be anti-Iowa State. Oh, man. But they got game day there. They got – we got so, game day there. Well. I'm going to argue that. Yeah. Okay, so that's pregame. Let's go to postgame. Did you see the interview postgame right away, Holly Rowe and KF? Uh, yeah, I got to see the emotion. Did it melt your heart? <laughs> I mean, that's why, that's why guys want to go to bat for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he does care. He's, he's even tempered all throughout the the battle, so to speak. He's even tempered throughout the game, but deep down, we know he cares about us. I love it. There's nothing better. So many people said this on Twitter. Emotional Kirk Ferentz is the best Kirk Ferentz. Like, <laughs> after the game, when they get those, um, the videos of him like presenting the game ball or like talking to you guys in the locker room right after. And he just like does a, just a little cry, just a, just a small cry. It's like, man, it's kind of like watching my dad cry. You can't help, but just feel like, (laughs) I don't know. You can't help but feel the same emotion he's feeling. I agree. Okay. I agree. So we talked about pregame. We talked about postgame. Um, and now we're going to get into the actual game. But before we do that, the housing market has been pretty crazy lately. And I really don't, see it slowing. Um, and to take advantage of that, I think you need a a knowledgeable real estate agent or real estate agent team, uh, myself included. I'm a part of the Bales team at urban acres real estate. We do everything from a $60,000 condo to a multi-million dollar acreage, everything in between for residential commercial. It doesn't matter. We've got six people. So if one of us is unavailable, we got five others that can help you out. If if you have a question, we've got somebody who's gone through it because, again, there's six of us. So being able to understand that, uh, we'd love to help you. Yeah, so whether you're buying or selling, visit urbanacres.com. Search the Bales team on Google, however you want to get to it. Let's continue on. Like you said, we're going to get into the game now. Just scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through some articles. I'm seeing some mixed emotion from fans, from the media on where our offense lies currently. Uh, let's answer some of those questions. What do you got for me? Uh, first off, I think Iowa as a whole handled the environment very well. You know, again, we talked about Spencer first time in a hostile environment with fans. He was a little antsy to start. You know, he had some uh, passes that were a little bit high, which is apt to happen when a quarterback who's excited, juiced up, you could say, like you're like ready to go. A little too much energy. Uh, but either way, he was able to settle down and kind of figure it out from then on. Um, 
I want to talk about one drive in particular because I think it talks about what the offense is capable of. Um, so right after Hankins' interception, we get the ball around midfield or so. In the previous couple drives, um, we had run the ball on first down, and we weren't having a ton of success doing that. So we come back, and we throw it on first down. And Spencer, in rhythm, seven-step drop with a hitch, boom, hits Jackson Ritter on the outside for nine yards. A very good first down play. Right after that, um, we end up running for the first down. So now we're sitting at first and 10 again. This time, we hit uh, Luke Lachey uh, out of a little out route. Uh, probably could have come out a little bit sooner, but that's being ticky-tack. Either way, ball goes on uh, his back shoulder because that's where Spencer's trying to hit him, keep him away from the defender. Uh, Luke goes up, make a f- makes a phenomenal catch. Again, first down. So we started to really cruise right there when just utilizing the pass game to Spencer's strengths. Throw it on rhythm. Doesn't have to worry about too much. Get it Gets it out and uh, does what he needs to do. You know, the, he doesn't have to be Superman. That's the thing. So just just do our job. We talked about it on Friday, make the makeables. And he, he did that on this particular drive. Um, from then on, uh, one other play that I kind of want to talk about, there was a, uh, we started moving the ball. It was third and two. Uh, we motioned two tight ends over to the left. We had a trips on the left uh, with Tyler Goodson. We ended up throwing into him to the flat, but Spencer's in the shotgun. And then he quick runs under center like he's going to do a QB sneak. And then we snap it and we throw it out to Goodson. Um, Luke Lachey, I think is supposed to block the guy that's over top of him. Um, but he kind of misses, but he just makes him go underneath, which is fine because Goodson's going to outrun him. Um, I almost thought that Luke was going to make the first guy go underneath and then go block the safety to allow Goodson to outrun the backer and then cut inside of Laporta and score. Um, either way, we got the first down. Um, and then we ended up scoring a touchdown after Monte Potabom actually carried the ball. We got to give our fullback some love every now and then. Uh, so that was nice to see too. So then the last, um, in our offensive line, I mean, we were kind of moving people around. It, it's not a great thing when three and four rushers are making uh, Spencer have to move in the pocket or kind of, you know, throw off his timing. Uh, but it's a young group in terms of the the amount of time they've played together. So the more time they spend together and the more time they understand how to play with one another and know what the know what the uh, protection calls for, who the hot read is or who they're looking at in terms of, okay, we've got these three, whatever it is, the more they do that, the more they're going to get in sync. It's an offensive line at Iowa. I'm I'm not too concerned about that. The last thing on offense that I'll talk about, again, talking about how schematics and everything else line up, uh, was Charlie Jones touchdown. So we ran a double post concept, meaning the two guys on the right side, Charlie Jones on the outside. I think we had a tight end on the inside. Both ran posts. Okay, they, Iowa State runs a three-three-five, which is a little different, but they're in the Big Twelve. They're used to a lot of spread. They're used to a lot of wide receivers running all over the field, so they want an extra DB. Whereas playing in the Big Ten, like Iowa does, we expect a four-three or a three-four just because we people run the ball so much in the Big Ten. So they have this. He was number one. His last name is Young. He's kind of a safety that drops down to help them out with run support. I think they talked about it on on one of the plays. He came up and met Tyler Goodson in the hole or something like that. So he's always sniffing around the line, especially against us because we run the ball a lot. Well, in this particular play, our tight end runs a post, and all he really has to do is run on the inside shoulder of that near safety. That's his only job. You're probably not getting it, so just get your guy out of the way. 
let Charlie Jones work on the outside one-on-one. So he's pushing the DB, making him feel a little uncomfortable. He makes one stop, uh, one stick to the outside to make him think he's running a fade. The DB hesitates for just a second. That's really all you need. He then bolts inside. Spencer lays it up perfect. Um, beautiful ball, beautiful route uh, against a great concept. And I mean, you, you saw the you saw the payoff. And I think that's what the offense is capable of. You look at the stat book, it's not phenomenal. It's not, you know, Heisman-type numbers where guys are having like 90 touchdowns a game. But it's what works to get down the field and to score. And that's, honest, I mean, that's all the offense has to do. Take advantage of what the other team has given you. And especially when they turn it over as often as they do, as often as Iowa State did, you got to take advantage. And we did that. So you talked about it. A lot of positives coming out of the offense. I want to talk about just one thing that maybe the rest of the fan base and you might have seen as a negative, but I personally really enjoyed this play, (laughs) just watching it on TV. Um, Connor Colby, 77. Spencer ducks his head. Could have potentially been a sack. Connor bear hugs him, takes him a couple (laughs) yards, maybe one yard. I don't know what it was, but I swear everybody was probably like, what is he doing? Why didn't he throw it away? That whole thing. But me watching, I was like, that was nice. (laughs) Nice gesture of Connor. Just, hey, you're coming with me like Shrek, you know, and he's like, you, you're coming with me. Did that sound like Shrek? Yep. A little bit. But he says it's a donkey, you know, the whole thing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Either way, I really enjoyed that. What's your perspective on that? Well, so it kind of goes about the ups and downs. So the play before that, um, Spencer, uh, it was third and 15. And they were running like some weird Tampa two type defense where they had three deep, um, their linebackers shot out the back and he was at like 25 yards on third and 15 Laporta just hooked it up in front and Spencer hit him. But Spencer had to stare down the barrel, as they say, and D lineman's coming right at him and he had to get rid of it. Um, and he stood in there and delivered the shot. So he's got the toughness and he can do that. Then the next play, he does that. Um, obviously we'd like to keep his eyes downfield and be able to make a play, but Nah, I mean, as long as he's got linemen like that, I mean, if he just wants to pick up Spencer and take him the other 60 yards to score, I'm not against that either. <laughs> it just felt like one of those things like, um, you know, like I've got your back type yeah. situation. Hawks up and Hawks. See, made me feel good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. Love it. Whatever. Um, let's go defense now. Three interceptions. You love to see it. Two from Hankins, one from Seth Benson. We just talked about Seth, that he was kind of that like... I don't know, had a little spotlight on him uh, last week. And I think that that kind of happened again, honestly. It just seems like a really solid player out there. To me, it seems like they really stayed away from Riley Moss in terms of like throwing his way. But with our defense, you, you throw it anywhere. It doesn't it's matter. Like, we got it. We'll take it. D-B-U. Yes. Um, I don't know. But then you look at the stat line, Riley Moss has seven solo tackles. So even if you're not throwing his way... He's going to figure out a way to get in the game. Um, and you just love to th- love to see that from your defense. So give me your thoughts on the defensive as a whole. Well, I'll start up front. I thought we had a lot of rotating guys on defensive line uh, this game. But John Wagoner had two big, de- uh, two big batted balls there to start the game. They, had, they were on like the Iowa State was only throwing five or six coming out, something like that. And they were trying to hit a little swing pass. And Wagoner's like, nope. Bats it down. <laughs> That's it. And he also, because he's taught to always get on the ball, he's like freaking out trying to get on the ball. The ref's like calling the play dead. And he's like, I'm going to get this ball. Boom. And gets it. I think they do points on the defensive side of the ball for that kind of stuff. I don't know. 
but either way. So he scoops it up with <laughs> all the enthusiasm of the world. I loved it. Uh, later, it might have been this, the very next drive. It was like third down or something for Iowa State, and he's interior, and they uh, they brought one other guy off the edge, so they brought four, but Wagner was in the middle and kind of dropped back a little bit. It was kind of like a spy. They tried to throw over him, boom, batted it down, fourth down. So that kind of stuff is really helpful now that we're seeing a breadth of people just being able to play high-level football, whether it's Evans, uh, Van Valkenburg, Noah Shannon, Wagner. It really doesn't matter who's in there. They're playing a high level. Um, linebackers. Justin Jacobs. So we talked before, uh, Coach Wallace had said they might go to a 4-3 versus their normal 4-2-5 with Belton at the at the Leo. But it, it's tough because when you got tight ends like Iowa State, they're a little bigger body. And there were two times that they picked on Belton because he's a little bit smaller than the tight end, right? And so Belton was in great position. And uh, one of them, you could argue that the Iowa State guy pushed, pushed off. But it's because he's that much bigger that it looked as bad as it did. I'm surprised he didn't get a call. But again, if their arms aren't extended, they usually won't call it. Um, so there were two times there. But then Justin Jacobs comes in and they try to pick on him in the same way. And it was this uh, deep ball over to the left side. Um, and Justin played through his hands. So the tight end got both hands on and Justin batted through it. He's like, nope, you're not taking this. And so it was kind of interesting, the, the difference there, because Justin is proving that he can play in space. And, of course, he forces the fumble uh, that Jack Campbell scores. I love the defensive players. I feel like don't really know what to do when they score. Offensive guys, they, like, look at the crowd and do all this stuff. Defensive guys, they just do a long loop back to the sideline. So true. And then everyone just follows them. <laughs> yeah, they're all chasing them, and it just looks like a giant line that goes back to the sideline. Huh. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to act like they've been there before and not be so star starstruck. They're like, oh, I'll just go to the sideline. Yeah. Um. That's it. Um, I'm just gonna take my place on on the bench. I'll get one next time. <laughs> I mean, you think about Riley Moss last time too. He did the same thing. Just, just a giant loop. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like soccer players when they just start running after yes. they score. Hundred percent. Maybe it's that kind of feeling. Hundred um, percent. DBs, of course. I mean, you gotta. Matt Hankins played phenomenally. They tried to stay away from Riley Moss, so they throw to Matt Hankins. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Our DBs are making plays. Jack Kerner, Kayvon, Belton. It really doesn't matter who's back there. And that's, again, we talked about a veteran group stepping up when they need to. And that's why I think our defense is as good as it is. Okay. Real quick, special teams. Tori Taylor still proving to be a huge asset. What else did you see some see from special teams that you were like, yep, they're good? <laughs> Yeah, all all about special teams was really good. I mean, we had the high snap on the f on the first field goal um, that caused Shudak to push it right. Grisande did a phenomenal job, by the way, just getting that ball so it didn't go over his head and it was a big play the other way. So it was a really, really good job by not allowing it to be a big play. Um, then Shudak comes back, and so I don't know if everybody saw the story, but Shudak's dad um, was the second all-time leading scorer at Iowa State as a kicker, and uh, Caleb kind of talked about that as how he's going to be kicking through the same uprights his dad did. I mean, that's pretty cool, that except cool. for the winning side. <laughs> well, that's always better, right? <laughs> always better. <laughs> um, so that part was really cool. Um, anyway, so I thought they did really well. The only sad part about this special, Charlie Jones did phenomenal uh Charlie Jones did phenomenal returning as expected. Our return team is really good. But the only sad part was Terry Roberts touched the ball a little bit early on the mm. one punt. <laughs> Could add a few more yards. That, that might have been like a 90-yard punt. 
And I, I get what he's thinking. He thought it hit the Iowa State guy, so he was thinking get the ball. Mm-hmm. But he can't advance it anyway. He might as well just let it roll however far. Now, if he's thinking that somebody's chasing him, of course, he just wants to get the ball. And then, yeah. and then well, we from get a back. certain perspective, when they were showing it on TV, I was like, did it hit his back knee? And it didn't. But Right. So it. that's the only sad part. It could have been like a 90-yard punt. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, our special teams, we expect it to be at a high level because it's so consistently at a high level. Just like you had talked about, they kind of get taken for granted because of how consistently they go out there and do their job. Okay, so we kind of did the recap of the entire offense, defense, special teams, the whole gamut. Um, But I want to get to our unsung heroes of the game. I cannot wait to chat about mine. Um, Also, Matt, I cannot wait for my cheese of the month from Galena River (laughs) Wine and Cheese. I'm not going to stop talking about it until I get to try it. I'm I'm, I'm pumped. you guys can see their selection and have it shipped right to you at GalenaRiverWineAndCheese.com. They've got different gift boxes you can have shipped, cheese trays, wines, dips, oils, and balsamics, all kinds of good things. Um, visit them in Galena, Iowa, or online at GalenaRiverWineAndCheese.com. All right, let's get into it. Unsung hero of the game. If this is your first time listening, we like to throw this in there because you're going to get those heroes of the game, the people that really made, um, you know, the big plays happen, the Charlie Joneses with the touchdowns, the Tyler Goodsons with the yards and all the, the things. The Matt Hankins with double picks, Riley Moss with the two pick sixes. All of the things, right? You're going to get the big names. But we want to talk about our unsung heroes, um, whether it be just one play where something great happened because of them, or maybe throughout the entire game, they just did their job and went unnoticed, but also were a huge um, asset or made a huge contribution to uh, that win. So let's talk about it. Who is your unsung hero of the game, Matt? Well, because you were so excited... And you've talked about it <laughs> leading up to the podcast. Okay. And you're almost giddy talking about it. I'll let you go first. I don't want to say I'm giddy talking about it. That's weird. But um, my unsung hero of the game is fullback Monte Potabom. I'm not going to say that nobody's talking about him because the commentators did talk about, um, you know, his... Giving him some love. They gave him some love. Two carries for eight yards. So it's not like a super <laughs> impressive stat line, but they did give him some love. But my favorite part about Monty Pottybaum has to be two things. The mullet. Have you seen it? I mean, I've seen it coming out of his helmet, yes. Okay, you gotta you gotta look it up. The mullet and the neck roll. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Herbstreit made a comment or something. Yeah, he's like, I didn't even know they still made those. <laughs> if I were a football... If I were... A kicker, I'd wear a freaking neck roll, okay? (laughs) I'm not kidding. It makes you look so much cooler. It makes you look so much more like, yeah, I take some hits, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, those are the two reasons that um, first came to mind. But also, um, you know, I just think that he does make a really nice contribution to the team, um, making a lane for Goodson to follow. He's an absolute bulldozer. And I just, I like a good fullback. It's just kind of like, it feels very retro. And um, also Kirk Ferentz brought up the 1981 team, right? Where they had like. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he's just pulling teams out. It's ridiculous. I know. It was in his his post-game press conference. Um, But he was talking about how that team is actually kind of comparable or comparable, as you would say, um, to this team where they thrived behind um, a great defense and then also a really great punter. So it kind of feels the same. And how I'm going to tie that all together is because Potabom looks like he came straight out of the 80s <laughs> with the neck roll. He's got the mullet. I mean, there you have it. There you have so it. So that's my unsung hero. Uh, watch for him. 
Watch for him to take his helmet off. You got to check out the flow. It's fantastic. Okay, give me yours. Let's hear it. Uh, so last week, I kind of went off one play. Nico Regani on how he, he came in, blocked the safety, and allowed Goodson to be one-on-one and create that highlight. I already kind of touched on it. Ryan Gersande on the field goal attempt. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't made, but the wherewithal to catch it I don't think people understand how quickly that can go awry. If that goes through his hands, we don't have the fastest guys on the field at that time. Okay, the field goal unit is mostly linemen, a couple tight ends in case something crazy were to go happen. Um, Sometimes it's defensive ends. We had Sam Brinks on there catch a touchdown against Penn State. So, I mean, they're, they're not the fastest guys. Pump block usually has the fastest guys. Because they try to get their fastest guys on the edge to go around our tight ends or our end player. Uh, and they only have like, uh, I think Coach Woods has it down to a science. You have to have the kickoff by blank, you know, 3.2 second, 2 point, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but they've got it that. So they've got the fast guys on the field. If that goes through Ryan Gersande's hands, that's probably a touchdown the other way. And instead of 7 nothing they just get the ball back or zero, zero. I, I kind of forget exactly what the score was at that time, but it's seven points the other way. And I, I don't think that the, the reality of that can set in because he was able to get it down. And not only that, but he gets it down his foot. I think kind of pushed Shudak's foot a little bit, the, the where Gersande put his foot back down, but he still didn't give Shudak the laces. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. kicking the laces is one of the worst things for a kicker. So the fact that he was able to get it down Make it so that it was a potential. Shudak still kicked it over 50 yards. It just unfortunately got pushed. So I think the what it would seem like a very just eh, play or like, oh, why did he do that kind of play? What could have happened would have been exponentially worse. So Ryan Grisande just making a making a play not bad. Is that <laughs> that's kind of an unsung kind of thing, right? Yeah. No, I I think that's great. I didn't know that that was your unsung hero. That was a surprise for me. And I actually really appreciate it. I think that was a good one. And also from Australia. Two yeah. punters on the team from Australia. So good night, mate. This is what this um, this little segment is about. Those guys that are just doing the things that you don't even know that they're doing. <laughs> See? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, there we have it. Monte Potomom and Ryan Gersande. Yes. And it is still a Hawkeye state. If you guys were wondering, if you ever forgot, this was your reminder. If you forgot six years ago, you're still correct. You are still right. I saw somebody (laughs) on Twitter that was like, I have a seven-year-old son. He's never seen Iowa lose to Iowa State. And I was like, amazing. Phenomenal. Great start to his life. (laughs) (laughs) He knows knows what's up. That's right. Well, Hawkeye fans, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. I saw somebody out there giving us a one-star. Relax. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm kidding. You have every right to do that. But um, at least, like, tell us why mm. so we can get better. Because we're not against criticism. We're Maybe not don't. It that. might hurt my feelings. You're a little better with criticism I'll, I'll, than I am. I'll read it. Yeah, I've, I've been criticized a lot. <laughs> um, also, one thing I want to quick say, if you guys ever have questions for us, Ooh. or if there's ever like a, hey, why did they run this play? Why did they do this? Or why did the def- whatever it is. Feel free to tag us on Twitter, shoot us an email. I mean, my email's on uh, Urban Acres website. You can shoot me an email. It doesn't matter. Um, whatever it is, go ahead and ask. We'd love to, we'd love to answer some questions. Definitely. Also, if you have any like 
funny things that you noticed during the game, I probably noticed them too. <laughs> I feel like Matt's like analyzing things and I'm like, hey, did you see that guy's crazy mustache on Iowa State's sideline? <laughs> the fact that that hasn't become a meme yet. Somebody. I saw the meme, but they cut him out and no. it was just Matt Campbell. And I was no, like, that no, you missed, you missed the actual funny part. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you haven't seen that guy, I got to figure out a way to, to find that and I'll share it because it's funny. Anyway, if you notice something like that, hit me up too. <laughs> um, like I said, hit the subscribe button, five-star review, whatever it might be. Share it with your friends, your family. If there's any questions you might have, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got. Thank you guys so much. It's a Hawkeye State. Let's roll. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.